It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 807 95.5 WSB. Walter Reeves and Georgia Gardner here alongside Ashley Frasca, keeping us straight, making sure we don't answer any question without a, another question being addressed to it to explain why I say what I say. In the last one I asked you, based on the caller's question and her observation about her uh, paper bush, yeah. Edgeworthia, yeah. I said, why? Why is it named paper bush? Why is it named paper bush? Why? They used to make paper out of it. Hmm. Mm, all right, I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that, but I'm not well, really I mean, sure about that. I had to Google it just to look it up to remind myself what paper bush was, and it doesn't look papery. No. So, she, I mean, you've may, maybe got to be on the right track. Pine trees don't look papery, but we make paper out of pine trees. True. True. Mm. A, a plant that maybe doesn't live up to its name. I'm not sure. Well, a busy day today on 95.5 WSB, Walter. Of course, we're here till 9. Yep. Get a full show today. Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show, that's 9 to noon, but it's really Clark's Christmas Kids. He'll be at Walmart in Woodstock with Clark Howard, 9 to noon. That's always a good time to listen to the two of them banter back and forth. Some personalities from WSB TV are going to stop by. And then, of course, uh, Tailgate Show for the SEC Championship game. That begins here on WSB Radio at noon. Kickoff at 4 against LSU. Everybody got into Atlanta yesterday. The Georgia Bulldogs came from Athens. Of course, LSU Tigers came from Louisiana. So everybody's in place, ready for the big championship game. How does that coach talk the way Boy, he does? Boy, right? I know. <laughs> He's got a deep voice, that's for sure. Can you imagine him angry? That'd be scary. <laughs> very, very Louisiana sounding. I'm not sure where he's from. <laughs> wow. Uh, coming up right, let's see, in the next half hour, we got Mike. We'll be talking about fruit trees for a wet area. What a great question. We'll get to Mike in just a second. Right now, though, Margaret is in Atlanta as well and has a question about her roses. Hey, Margaret, good morning. Good morning. This seemed to be a good day to talk about roses. It does, mm-hmm. always. I, uh, listen, I got uh, a bunch of knockout roses, and they've grown, you know, real tall and stringly. So can I just cut them back real good and fertilize them today? You seem to be. My, you know, I, I try to kind of go based on holidays or significant times of the year for my memory to remember when to cut things, when to prune things. Shrub roses do very well being severely pruned back around Valentine's Day. That's kind of how I remember it. I'm not as familiar with climbing roses and things like that, but those are probably setting on buds right about now. So if you did any major pruning to a climbing rose, that would not be good. You wouldn't get any flowers. No, Um, I said knockout roses. So knockouts, yep, yep, Valentine's Day. Throughout the year, you can definitely, you know, trim and, and take little bits and pieces here and there from knockouts to kind of keep them fresh, but the major pruning Valentine's Day. And now's not the time to fertilize just because they're not in active growth. So Mm -hmm. you want to wait until they're in active growth to not waste your time and energy fertilizing them. Okay. And sometimes they don't even need fertilization. If they're getting the right soil conditions and the right amount of sunlight, they do just fine. Sure. Sure, Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you much. Have a great morning. Okay. You too. We got Mike in Canton, Georgia. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? We're all right. What's up? All right. Here's my question. I've got some property 
it's more or less like a pasture and it gently slopes towards a creek. The upper end stays dry pretty much all the time. The lower end is dry most of the time, but heavy rains and so on, it's slower to drain. I'm looking to put some muscadines, I'm thinking, up on the higher end, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what might grow in an area that occasionally will stay wet for a little while Hmm. in the fruit cave, whether it's a tree or a bush or so on. Mm, Cranberries? No, okay. (laughs) Ashley Ashley gave me that look. You you, you probably know what that look looks like when you say something real stupid. (laughs) Your your partner says, that's a dumb answer. Any married man knows that look. I've had uh, many partners at various times in my life who give me that look that Ashley gives to John, her husband. I mean, are are you looking for it to be something productive, like something fruiting? Yes. Cranberries don't grow here. That's sad. Yeah, that is, that is. They that's get a bummer. too hot. They love being wet places, and so. Yeah. Uh, and now this isn't wet all the time. It's just slow to drain. Here's what I would do, Mike. Is there any way you could get a some some a tractor, a bobcat, or something like that back there to give a mound a a area that is raised and higher than the surrounding part there? Could you plant a tree in that instead? Oh yeah, it's a, it's open pasture with good access. If you can get a bobcat or tractor, I wouldn't do this by yourself because you need a good, good-sized mount, more than just a shovel is going to help you with. I would get a tractor or a bobcat or whatever you got and make a mound for each, <clears throat> for each tree that you want to plant two feet high and about 10 feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, okay. would be big enough for each one. An apple, pears, figs, you name it, it'd be fine. But two feet high and 10 feet in diameter would be good, raised up above the surrounding soil. And then you can plant what you want to down in the damp area. Okay. Very good. Thank you. And I think the muscadine is a great idea. Do you know much about muscadines, Mike? Well, no, not really. I mean, I've, I've grown up eating them in the woods. I've not grown them. <laughs> <laughs> I've not grown them on my own. We, we actually, actually, and I took a pledge this morning that every caller, we get, try to give them a little bit of extra, a little bit of interesting stuff they need to know, and muscadines, because that's my specialty, and because my father loved muscadines. My mother made muscadine whole pie, and I used to eat them out of the woods as well, just like you, Mike. So the thing to remember about muscadines is you need two different varieties in order to, well, didn't explain that right. Muscadines can be of two flower types. They can have a flower that is one variety will have a flower that has male and female parts in it. That's fine. It's called perfect flower. And other varieties will just have a female flower. They have to get pollen from a nearby perfect flower muscadine. So when you go to look for muscadines to plant, be sure you know that you have at least one perfect flowered muscadine in the two, three, four, whatever you're going to plant there because that will provide pollen for any that do not have naturally occurring pollen in their flowers. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've been on uh, the phone with the folks down at Ison's in oh, Brooks, yeah, Georgia, people, yeah. and I just ordered my plants, so they were helpful in person, and their website was very helpful. Also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ison Nursery has been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, my dad and Bill Ison, the man who started the nursery, were good friends with each other, and I think my dad got all of his muscadines from Ison Nursery himself. And Mr. Bill, I think that what happened there was Bill was friends with Mr. Cowart over at the experiment station in Griffin, and Mr. Cowart said, you know, there's some potential in these grapes, these native grapes, these muscadines, they call them. I think we could make that into a commercial you know, fruit plant for, the, for Georgians, middle Georgia. And so Bill Ison said, well, I think it's a good idea. Let's start breeding and making bigger fruit and you know, longer-lasting fruit and larger clusters and that sort of thing. And so when, <clears throat> when Bill and Mr. Cowart got their breeding program going, then my dad 
who lived nearby, I got into it too. And so he would go to talk to Bill about the muskets and get cowards and, you know, giants and just all sorts of different ones that he uh, planted up in our little musket island venue that we had at my house. So I have a, a long association with ice and nursery and with the experiment station and with my dad's musket islands too. How neat. Yeah. Well, I'm planting them uh, pretty soon, so I may be calling you back as things progress and get uh, some more advice. Don't forget, you got to have an arbor. you got to put those posts in make sure oh, yeah. you don't... Uh, don't let them lay on the ground or on the fence or anything. The arbor will make it so easy to prune. But if you don't have an arbor, you're going to be in big trouble. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yeah, we're good talking to you, Mike. Thanks for the call. It's a great time for me to expound a little bit at least about the experiment station Griffin and the uh, relationships they have. Just, I mean, again, we talked earlier in the show actually about how the what the function of the extension service is. It is to take research and give it to the people of Georgia to have a better life, make more money. And that was exactly what happened there. Dr. Cowart was doing his uh, lab breeding of muscadines, and he passed his plants on to Mr. Eisen, and then Mr. Eisen plants it on my dad. And so that's exactly what a university should do. That was a relationship that now has, you know, benefited people for over 60 years. Yeah, yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. every time I think about muscadines, I think about my dad. That's cool. And then I think about my mother and her muscadine hull pie. And how many of my friends I've taken to my house when my mother and father were alive and fed them muscadine whole pie. And they want to know, well, where did you get all these muscadine skins? I said, well, we just pop them in our mouth and we spit the skins into a jar. And then my mother makes a pie. You would not believe the number of people who turn up their noses at my muscadine whole pie because they believe it to be... <laughs> Contaminated since you had to spit it back out. I kind of cringed at yeah. that. But I mean, people well, my age, I bet you, have not ever had a muscadine whole pie. Yeah. They, I just, I, that sounds like a loss. The muscadine grape, they're lost not art in form. grocery stores now. They're only there for that short little time in yeah. August, September, I guess. But muscadines are a great native grape, easy to grow in Georgia, and one of the easiest to grow fruities, fruits that you'll ever find. It is 8.17. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on. 95.5 WSB. Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. We're back on the Lawn and Garden Show today. Mostly cloudy, but it's going to be a little warm. Highs in the low 60s and lows only getting down to around 44, 45 degrees. A better chance of maybe an evening shower tomorrow night. Highs of 54, a low around 47, so not much temperature difference tomorrow. Your complete weather forecast comes up in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. And shop and save with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Sunday coupons for tomorrow up to $242. Plus get in-depth local news and details you won't find anywhere else. Thank you, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Our friend J.D. in College Park joins us. J.D., hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks again, Walter, for taking my call. Are you going, uh, wait, are you going to ask another question about elephant ears, <laughs> J.D.? Well, what, you know what it is. Last week, you you, had, you were coming to a very hard break, and you had to leave before yeah. I had asked you the last question. Oh, and, uh, a follow-up. Concerning that, the rhizome, yeah. uh, do, I, uh, do I need to keep those tubers moist during while this in dormancy in my basement? No. Do I need to keep them moist? Well, they need not to be really, really dried out, but generally uh-huh. speaking, there's enough humidity in your basement to keep them doing nice. But I would check, uh, JD, every four weeks, maybe put a, something, put a note in your calendar that says check the roots to be sure they're not drying out. If they are, uh-huh. <clears throat> the way to moisten, the way to 
proteoglycan hydrated is not to spray water on the tuber, on the elephant ear tuber, because then you'll get fungal problems on the skin. Instead, take them out of the box or the bag or the whatever you got them in and put them in a, a box, box uh-huh. or a piece of um, plastic box. Plastic box would do nice, a little sweater box. And put a damp paper towel in there at one end of the box and the allocation at the other end of the box. It will absorb moisture out of the air, out of the humidity in that plastic box oh. with the lid on it. And you don't have to spray any water directly on the root of mm-hmm. the elephant ear. Mm-hmm. Wow, see, that's all I need. One more question. Thank you very much. You asked my question. I appreciate it. Thank you much. Wait, wait, wait. JD? Yes, sir. I know you're going to think of another one, but next Saturday. Maybe. Maybe. I bet yeah. he does. Maybe. I bet, J.D., and I enjoy talking to you, J.D., and I don't mean any criticism at all, but we have obviously flogged the elephant ears for like four weeks in a row, I think. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know what I, I guess I just love talking to you guys. Oh, <laughs> of JD. course. Yeah, okay. and I mean, you well, want success because that thing got yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big dude. Yeah. Well, love listen, it. Um, well, I think I don't I don't need to call you next week, but if I do, it might be about my spring garden. Hey, you know <laughs> yes, we're here. We're here, and we will be your friends and talk to you about your spring garden, too. Always good to hear from you, J.D. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Coming up in the next half hour, after Mickey Gasway and Pike Nursery, Susan Indicator has ivy on her slope and needs sort of a low-growing ground cover. Mm, slope, shade, ivy is there now. Uh, Ashley and I will think about that. In the next half hour, Mickey Gasway, of course, will join us at 8.35. Every weekend, Mickey finds something to put on sale for 20% off. There's been amaryllis bulbs have been, let's see, it was poinsettias three weeks ago, or was it pansies three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And so we'll find out this Saturday, 8.35, what is on sale at Pike Nursery for 20% off. That'll be a great conversation It's with something her. seasonal, hint, hint. Always got to be something seasonal, always something that's either in bloom right now or something you can get a real good deal on. One of the things that I go to Pike commonly to get are gifts, frankly, that I buy as birding supplies. I yeah. love going to Pike and looking at their birding area because they have so many bird houses, bird feed, bird seed, uh, things for squirrels, which I do not buy. I Duh, encourage other no. people not to feed the squirrels. No. They've got them, though. Uh, so if you go to Pike, you can not only get plants, but also get birding supplies and other sort of house, you know, housewarming gifts and things like that. Always great gift ideas, yeah. And I mean, even if just someone that you've just always bought the same type thing year after year for teacher gifts or your mom at the holidays or something, I mean, Pike's always got something out of the box. Yeah, out of the box, take it in, you're done. It's 827 at 95.5 WSB. We're back to more Lawn and Garden afternoon. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at 95.5 WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 836 at 95.5 WSB. What a great Saturday morning we've had. Ashley Frasco, you just did such a great job answering questions and making sure that people really understand what we're talking about. Learn from the best. Eight years working alongside you, picking your Get brain. Out of Dodge. Yeah. This has been eight years? <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've been here for 10. Uh, came to your show about the same time yeah. we bought our first house. My husband and I bought right, our first right. house, and, and I thought... 
I can answer phones for the Lawn and Garden Show every now and then. I might learn something, and then you just couldn't get rid of me and after there you that. Are. Right, exactly. Well, speaking of learning from the best, I learned from the best from Mickey Gasway. You can answer my questions about plants. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. How are y'all? Hey. Mickey, of course, is our friend at Pike Nursery who is in charge of finding ways for, for gardeners to save. So, Mickey, get to it right now. What is on sale this weekend? It's poinsettias. Well, that's appropriate, I Perfect. guess. Perfect. Absolutely. Isn't that just right? 20% yes. off. Am I, am I right about that? Yes, they are. All Absolutely. different sizes and, we've and got, colors. Oh, yeah. Beautiful ones, too. Really, really, really pretty. They look great. And I think that, you know, actually this morning, way early in the morning, mm -hmm. we talked about poinsettias, their history, they were named <clears> for Joel Poinsett. Right. And one of the things we talked about is, are poinsettias poisonous? You answer that for us. No. Yes, that's good news. That is good no. news. No. Well. I have to eat one every year to prove to everybody that they will not kill you. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that anybody does that ever, right. ever, ever, ever. But um, there used to be a rumor that they were. They do have uh, like a, they're euphorbias. Mm -hmm. So they have like a, the, the white junk that's in there. It's like latex. So if you're allergic to latex, you probably wouldn't want to, you know, get that on you. But uh, other than that, um, and they taste horrible. But um, <laughs> you should know. Yeah, so don't don't do that. But they are so pretty. They're beautiful. But if your cat gets one, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, in fact, you can go online and it'll tell you the uh, SPCA says that they're not. So so there. That's so great. Don't feed it to them though. By any size, any color, any shape, poinsettia today. Alpine Nursery locations twenty percent off. What a deal. And we've got some we've got some really big ones, and then we've got the little tiny miniature ones. Yeah. I love those. I think those are really they're cute. Cute. They're cute is the word. Yeah, they're they cute. are cute. They're just Good for your do you know how the, Do you know how those came about? No, tell me. There was a guy that had the poinsettias, and you know, they always used growth regulators on them to keep them short. Yeah. And he put too much growth regulator on it. And so they didn't grow, and he thought, oh, I've lost my whole crop. Well, sure, no, he didn't. He just made them small, so they sell them as oh, miniature wow. poinsettias. So <laughs> that that's that's like the it. story I've always heard, so it sounded good to me. <laughs> the growth regulators are used in a lot of places to keep them small, so yeah. you bring them to the nursery, and then they grow out of the influence of the regulator. But I guess the little small poinsettias, they really are cute. I've they seen them yeah, they are. The nursery. Yeah, yeah, they're really cute. We've got them in these real cute little... <laughs> You know, holders that are real cute. Give us some culture, anyway, culture hits, Mickey, because that's one of the things that people ask. What do I do with them during while I have them and what do I do I with think, them afterward? I think the most important thing is to, is watering. To me, that's the most important thing. Of course, they need to be in, they say, six, about six hours of indirect light. They need to be in temperatures 65 to 75 degrees. So if it's super, super, super cold and you buy one, take it straight to your car. Don't. Don't you know? Stand outside with it, but um, but watering. When you let them dry out, they'll drop those bottom leaves every time. And if you keep them too wet, of course that's not good either. But so just water them good and then let it drain. And that's all I do. It really is all I do with men. Now I don't use them as a a perennial with me. They're just um, I use them for a Christmas plant and I keep them as long as they look pretty. Mm -hmm. When they don't look pretty anymore, then Off they, they go. go. Compost. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> but some people do want to, you know, um, use them again the next year. And it, it's kind of complicated, but it, people do it all the time oh, yeah, to get I had the a lady color back. This already this yeah. morning. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure you can give them the hints about that. And it's day and night temperature. I mean, day and night light. But um, anyway, that's for next year. That's for next year. But this year, 20% off all. That's exactly right. All Pike Nursery. How do you pronounce this plant, Mickey? Pronounce it for me. Coincetta. See. See, I say poinsettia. I say poinsettia. I'm more with Mickey. Okay. I say poinsettia. Different people Uh, have different things. Yeah. Hydrangeas and hydrangeas. I say hydrangeas. And and some people that call the show say hydrania. And so we just know that's what it is. Poinsettia. We know what they're talking about. (laughs) We know exactly what they're talking about. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Is this wreath day? Yes, it is. I'm getting so excited. We've got some people coming in. We had one last night at our store, and then we've got another one today. And it's so much fun. They're beautiful. If you go online, you can see it. They're made with all fresh fruits and nuts and leaves and on a fresh wreath. And so they're beautiful. They really are. I make one every year. So I don't think you could get, you can't get in the class now because you have to pre-register for it and get all the supplies. Yeah, you probably do. But think about it next year. Be sure and do that. But if if you do come in, we've got, we've still, I think everybody's got a good selection of all the greenery and the wreaths and all that. So, you know, you could look, you might could figure out how to do one yourself, but it won't be as much fun as doing it with a group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we do have lots of pretty greenery and we've got, and the best selection of, Christmas cactus we've had in forever. We've got, well, they're actually Thanksgiving cactus. We've discussed that. But beautiful ones. Yeah. Really, really, really pretty. So yeah. I hope you guys come in and look at those, too. Like Nursery also is a place where you go to get Christmas trees. They've got lots of Christmas trees still there yes. on their lot, and they are gorgeous. They smell great. They're flocked. They're unflocked. They're different heights and sizes. And it's just That's a right. wonderful experience just to go in and smell things at Pike Nursery. Yeah, just come on in and so look forward to spring because, I mean, to while. spring, to come into uh, January. We've got a couple of new classes coming up in January, a bird class and a houseplant class. Good. So be sure and ask about those. Well, if we wanted to find the details about those classes coming up and about the location of Pike Nursery and where we would get 20% off all the poinsettias in Pike Nursery's possession today, where would we go to find the locations of all our nurseries? One more thing before what? I say that. Now, you'll never hear me say this very often, oh. but go dogs. Yay! Oh, that's okay. what we want to hear. <laughs> the Alabama fans <laughs> hate LSU. <laughs> go dogs. <laughs> okay. Um, and go to pikenursery.com. <laughs> after, you, after you say mean things about the LSU, go to pikenursery.com. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Yes, Have a great day. weekend. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, I was thinking about oh. Mickey last weekend. Yep. Oh, LSU those Alabama, Alabama fans hate LSU right Ooh, now. Boy, <laughs> mm. Susan indicator joins us. Hey, Susan. Good morning. Hello. Hey, Susan. Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a slope in my yard that's currently covered with ivy and the yeah. problem is is that I get like little pine trees and other sorts of things that sure. you know privet and stuff like that that pops up in it and I really especially during the summer don't want to go waiting in there to pull that stuff out yeah. because I have a creek that goes through the back of my property and and we have a history in my neighborhood of um, copperheads we had a dog Snakes. get bit a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to be putting on snake gators to go into that. So I want to get rid of the ivy and put in a low-growing ground cover. And I was was thinking about a juga, 
But huh. it gets it gets morning sun and then kind of dappled shade in the afternoon. How many, how big of an area are you talking about, Susan? Well, it's probably about twenty feet wide mm-hmm. and about fifty feet long. That's going to be a lot of a juga. Yeah, I know. Hmm. What do you think? Well, you got any other suggestions? I mean, the ju- a I juga will do, spread. And I, it, and it may be the most practical thing to do. It won't cost you any money, and you may or may not like it. But I'll go ahead and say what I think. If okay. at all, if, is it possible on this slope where you have the ivy to get a lawnmower in there? Boy, that's kind of a. What about a weed whacker, string trimmer? I could weed whack it. Yeah, I mean. My suggestion is that the. Ivy is is a real good choice for slopes and shade. There's hardly any plant in the world that would not do well or that do better than ivy. And my feeling is that if you leave the ivy in place and mow it or string trim it down to a height that the snakes don't come in there and hide in it, you might do better to keep the ivy rather than trying to replace it with something that costs a lot of money, like a you know a hundred or two hundred uh, juga plants or mondo grass, which would grow in there, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But it sure is going to take a lot of money to cover the big area like that, and you already got the ivy in place. And all you, if all you're scared about is snakes, and I don't mean all you're scared about. I don't mean to demean you. Just a snakes. Yeah, but <laughs> mowing it or getting it down low to about three or four inches will still the ivy will grow at three or four inches if you'll keep it regularly trimmed by the mower or the string trimmer. To me, that's maybe I'll call up. Maybe I'll call up the guy who has goats. Yeah, I got the goat guy. Now, remember too that goats will eat ivy, but they don't. They don't favor ivy. It doesn't. It makes their tummies hurt. So sometimes you yeah. get the goats. You think that goats will eat all my English ivy, and the goats will eat all your privet. They'll eat all your poison ivy. They eat every shrub in your yard. They will not care for English ivy until they really don't have anything else to eat. Well, because somebody in the neighborhood had a lot full of ivy cleared out with goats. Yeah, yeah. all right. We'll earlier talk to this year. Talk about how they how they work. That would be a great oh, yeah. idea too. The goats will knock it down low to the ground. It may come back, sure, but it won't be as high. And yeah. so, just think about the advantages the ivy is giving you, and think of anything else that you could use to do better than that without spending a lot of money. But it's your choice, Susan. Okay, hon. Thanks. Right. Thanks for calling, right. Susan. Sometimes I have to say what I think would be better, and in that case, I think ivy would be what she really wants as long as she can get over the part about the snakes. And it's true that ivy is a great habitat for bugs and frogs and toads and things that snakes eat, but that doesn't mean that every ivy patch has a snake in it. And if you go out there and sort of stomp on the ground and swish a stick or something through it and um, sort of scare the snakes, it's not likely to ever see a snake in the ivy. Well, that's what I think. It's 847 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. When she walks... She swings her it's 8.53 at 95.5 WSB. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Very pleasant outside. If you want to go to go to be outside for a little while this afternoon and then listen to the pregame show, the University of Georgia versus LSU. Pregame show starts at 12 noon. 
kick off at 4 o'clock here in your home of the dogs, News Talk 95.5 WSB. Ramona in Snellville, join us on Lonnie Garden. Hey, Ramona, good morning. Good morning. Thank Hi. you for taking my call. Sure. I have a Japanese maple, and all the leaves have fallen off, but I have back problems, and my husband won't be home till really late. Yeah. I want to know if I could wait till next Saturday, if that would be okay. To do what? You said the leaves have no, fallen I'm off? I'm sorry. <laughs> to cut back the branches. Oh, yeah. If the leaves have fallen off. In fact, I was talking to my friend Norm Mitleider, who's a Japanese maple expert, and he mentioned that because this year it had that big cold snap, a lot of Japanese maples have held their leaves for a longer time than people are used to. And he said, you know, I would pull those leaves off myself because I want to see the structure of the tree in case I need to do pruning, which is what you're doing. You're waiting until the leaves are off, they have, and now you're, your husband one is going to go out and prune for structure and appearance and all that, which is a perfectly good thing to do, sure. Okay, so next Saturday would be okay to do that? I think next Saturday through the end of February would be okay to do that. Okay, great. That's what I want to know. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good day. You too, Ramona. We'll see you. All right, bye. Real quickly in here, Josh. Josh, come to us on Lawn and Garden Show. Hey, Josh, good morning. Morning. How are you? Doing fine. How can we help, Josh? you got about 45 seconds to go. So two quick questions, then. Yeah. I'm not sure if people will answer them that quickly. Uh, one, I've got a set of strawberries uh, or a bunch of strawberries that I've planted, and over the past couple of years, they flower uh, all over the place but never produce any fruit. Curious mm. why. And mm. then, two, um, I've got several uh, pomegranate trees that are about 18, 20 feet tall now, and uh, several friends are interested in them as well. I wanted to see if I can air root the pomegranate tree and when the right time to do that is with some of the bigger limbs that I'm going to prune anyway. Uh, the answer to the last question is yes, air layering or air rooting for a pomegranate should be easy to do. You start the air layering process in late May, early June, sometime there when it's still growing rapidly and it'll have a lot of stimulus to make roots inside the little aluminum things you do you you know more about that online you can see the pictures of that mm -hmm. as far mm -hmm. as the what was the first question out let me make sure There's, i've got strawberries that, oh, strawberries that flower like crazy and fruit and, on it. And spread, never never fruit question are you sure there's no critters eating the flowers off of it any slugs snails chipmunks 100 percent 100 percent positive we have them in the ground and uh, in pots on the same area and the critters can't get to the ones in the pots Oh, Josh, I don't have an answer for that. Why would something eat the flowers before the fruit comes on it? Unless the flowers didn't get pollinated, but they got perfect flowers, and so they should pollinate themselves just fine. No insect needed to do the job. I hate to end the show on a question I don't know the answer to, Josh. I don't know why I would do that. That is the answer. I don't know why a strawberry would behave that way. I guess I'm two for one. You can indeed air layer a pomegranate without any problem at all. You should have no problem getting those for your friends. It's been a great Saturday morning because I got to spend it with Ashley Frasca. She was answering calls and questions off the air as well as on the air. Great job for her. DeMarco Williams screened our calls this morning. He did a great job as well. And Jason Byers, the best garden music in America, in the world, in the universe. That man right there across the way from me, he chose that music this morning. If you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, use my search line to find anything you need to know about fruit trees, about lawns, about gardens, or anything else that just piques your interest. You follow me on Pinterest, on Facebook, and you can also tweet me and Twitter me and ask questions there as well. 858, Clark Howard, Dave Baker, straight ahead. <laughs>